welcome back to another episode of The Exercise Engineer. This week, I wanted to talk to you guys about my five non-negotiables for fat loss. But, and then I had a thought that actually, I think there's a few more than that. So I've split it down into four basic non-negotiables for fat loss, and then the extra plus five that I think you also need. So I'm going to quickly go through each of these during this episode. So without further ado, number one is a calorie deficit. And if you've not listened to any of my content before, then this is, might be new. If you have listened to my content before, then <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you again, because calorie deficit, you cannot physically lose fat if you are not in a calorie deficit. It's like basic science. So in the most basic form, calories are energy that we consume to fuel our body just for basic daily activities. So in order to lose fat, we need to be burning more calories throughout the day than we are consuming. So one pound of fat, for example, is approximately 3,500 calories. So when we break that down, if you have a goal of one pound of fat to lose per week, if you break that down over the seven days, that is a 500 calorie deficit per day, which seems doable, but realistically life does get in the way, but that is the basic science of it. So one pound of fat is definitely sustainable, unlike all those other fad diets that are like, yeah, lose seven pounds in a week. It's like, no, no, that's not actually fat because that would mean you are 3,500 times seven. That underneath your daily calories, which is, is absolute ludicrous. So we, no, we are aiming to lose about one pound of fat per week. And that is fantastic. If you get more than that, even better, but some weeks you will not lose a pound of fat and that is fine. And especially if you are strength training as well, which we are about to cover, you probably won't because you are building on a little bit of muscle at the same time. So that is all part of it. You need to remember that. So the thing is with some of those other diets that where you are losing up to seven, 10 pounds a week, it's ridiculous because you either cut so much food out to the point that it will only last realistically seven days. And then guess what? You're going to binge or overeat and then put it all back on again, if not more. So trust me on this one. That is the science behind fat loss. Realistically, I can go into more detail in a different episode about this, but that is the basic with the science if you need calculate your calories, I have a link to my calorie calculator. You guys should check it out. It basically, it is an estimation. So please be aware of that. It is an estimation. Um, it will vary from time to time, depending on your body composition and things like this. But it's a very, it's about as close as we can get really without trial and error to how many calories you are burning throughout the day. So it goes off your sex, your uh, height, weight, age, and then it takes into account your daily movement as well, how often you are working out and everything like that. So 
I would definitely recommend trying that if you haven't already because you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose fat. And when I say that calories in versus calories out needs to be equal, I do not mean that if you eat 2000 calories, you need to burn 2000 calories on a bike. You need to remember that your body is already burning quite a lot of calories just being alive. So that is what your BMR is, your basal metabolic rate. And for example, mine is about 1,400 calories. So if I, I call them my coma calories, if I was literally in a coma, breathing and my body doing its thing, no food consumption, no movement, nothing at all, my body would still burn 1,400 calories. For men, obviously it might be a bit more. If you're taller, it might be a bit more. If you weigh a lot more, it will be more because you your body needs extra energy to keep it all going. Check out that calculator. But so for a fat loss goal, the calculator will give you your TDEE, which is your total daily energy expenditure. If you want to create a deficit from that, you need to minus about 200 to 500 from that number. I wouldn't recommend minusing more than 500 because that would mean you are going into probably too much of a deficit and you are eating very, very minimal amounts like something like my fitness pal might give you. Ignore that, please. 1200 calories is a child's portion. We are not eating that much. I mean, that little, not that much, Christ. Um, but yes, that is how you create your calorie deficit. So your TDEE is what the calculator will spit out at you. Then create your deficit by minusing about 200 to 500, depending on how long you want fat loss to take. Obviously, everyone's like, yeah, as soon as possible. But choose realistic goals. Make sure it is actually achievable because... Trust me, I'm going to do a whole other episode on that. Don't you worry. Okay, so non-negotiable number two for fat loss. These are mine, not specifically for everyone, but I personally think that in order to sustainably lose fat, you need to be strength training. And there's a few reasons for this. There are so, so many benefits of strength training and lifting weights, including like you will strengthen your muscles. Obviously, you'll strengthen your bones and your joints. You're improving your posture. You are reducing your risk of major diseases like osteoporosis, heart disease, diabetes. All of these things are linked because strength training is just so good. Like the more muscle you have, the more calories your body will burn naturally. Like I will repeat that. The more muscle you have on your body, the more calories your body will naturally burn doing nothing. So when I was talking about my BMR earlier at 1,400, mine might actually be a little bit more than that now, especially because I've built so much more muscle over time. So actually, my BMR is probably something more like 1,000. It doesn't add on loads, but over years and years of strength training, it will, and it will make such a big, big difference. So in terms of fat loss, strength training is for you as well. So some people think, oh, strength training, I don't want to do that. I don't want to look big and bulky. But no, you won't. You will look lean. Women, gals out there, we do not have enough testosterone in our body to look big and bulky. Like, yes, I think on a few of my reels, if you follow me on Instagram, if you don't, at the exercise engineer, 
I think in a few of my videos, I can look quite large, like a larger woman. But realistically, I am not that big. But yeah, super important for fat loss as well as building muscle, obviously body recomposition. We want that leaner look. That's what a lot of people come to me for. They're like, Louise, I want to look lean. Like, I don't want to be that skinny fat that some people are. So some people need to put on weight and build muscle. Some people need to lose a little bit of weight and build muscle. But it is all the same. Resistance training, strength training. So, so good for you. I will just add on the end as well, if you are potentially going into your menopause, this is especially important for you because your bone, your bone mineral density is about to plummet, about 30%. So I would get that as thick as you can before you hit that menopause button. If you already have, it's not too late. You can still get into strength training and stop it being, stop it reducing even, even more. So that's why you see loads of little old ladies, bless them, they fall over once and break their hip because their bones have degenerated. So we need to avoid that. And the way you do that is through strength training because when you load your muscles, you load the bone as well in that limb or whatever you're doing and it will send little they call like little osteoblasts from the brain to the muscle or to the bone that say that we need to build some more bone here because there's a lot of load hitting it. So literally that, when I learned that, I was like, that's so nice. But obviously it works the other way. There's osteoclasts as well, which will break down that bone and it will make it smaller and less dense. And you should try and make it as big and bulky as possible. And no, don't be, a, don't be afraid that the scale weight will go up because it'll be very, very minor, but we do want to make our bones as dense as possible, especially as we age. We do not want to be not being able to walk when we're older or falling over and breaking our knee and our hip and oh, no. Avoid it now, strength train. So, but also good for fat loss, which is what we're here to talk about. So. The reason why it's so good for fat loss as well is because your muscles actually use more energy than fat does just to survive on the body. And even more so that I learned recently is when you are active, your muscles are using even more energy, like sometimes up to 11 calories, like obviously not per day, but it's like per gram of muscle that you have. But this can explain why we can look so much leaner but still be the same weight because it's so important to not obsess over scale weight. Yes, it can be a very good indicator if we're heading towards the right goals, if we need to adjust our calories, everything like that. But let's not obsess over them because actually, as I stand today, I weighed myself this morning and I'm not going to share it because it can trigger some people, but I am the same weight, if not heavier, than I was maybe six years ago. I am the same weight now, but my God, I look very different. Very, very different. L so much leaner. I have so much more energy. And seriously, guys, if you've not seen my transformation pics, get onto Instagram now. Uh, they are, I'm, I'm, I'm plugging myself there. That They are really good, but that just shows what, hard work can do. And it also shows that the scale weight isn't to be obsessed over.
good for just checking. And that's why I just, I double check sometimes as well. Like maybe once a week, I'll just go on. But let's not obsess over it. Okay, non-negotiable number three. We have got protein. Okay, protein is one of the three macronutrients that our body needs alongside carbohydrates and fats. So three main food groups. We've got protein, carbohydrates, fats. The protein side of it will aid with satiety, muscle repair, which are both super duper important when you're trying to lose fat. So that's why I have listed it as a non-negotiable. The protein goals should be anywhere between 1.5 grams of protein for every kg of body weight you have, but you can increase that to two grams if you want to, depending on your goals, depending on what you sort of want to get out of it. And some people really love eating a lot of protein, so that's absolutely fine too. I will just say carbs and fats are great and some people like to track those as well. Oh, these are aka your macros. If you've heard that term been flying around, yeah, if people are like, oh yeah, macro counting, that just means they are tracking their protein, carbs and fats to the gram per day. Which, which can be beneficial, but I personally find that tracking calories and protein is enough. That's what's worked for me. That's worked for all my clients till now. But if you did want to track carbs and fats as well, just to make sure your balancing is right, I don't know. Maybe if you're a runner, you need to definitely make sure you've got enough carbs in. But again, you don't really need to track it. As long as you know you're definitely getting enough. And if you're feeling fatigued, maybe that's when you know you need to up it a little bit. And that's absolutely fine to do that. But I do just think it carbs and fats are slightly more difficult to try and balance because some days you might have salmon and then another day have chicken, which are both fantastic sources of protein and fuel, but salmon has a lot higher percentage of fat in it compared to chicken. And that is not to say it is any worse or better. Like they are good fats, they are omega-3s, really good fatty acids which are really good for the brain but if you are trying to stick under a certain gram of fat per day that might only like you might only be allowed half a fillet of salmon when in matter of fact like no i'd rather you eat the full fillet of salmon and less other things and then just balance it out so it depends on the day so that's why i only focus on calories and protein but totally your call uh my fitness pal can sort of divvy it up for you. If you want me to help with that, uh, just let me know. If your protein goal is getting a little bit like, oh, I don't really get what's going on because 1.5 grams of whatever, what, what, what. If you aim for about 25% of your daily allowance going on protein, that should be about right. So anywhere between 25 to 30% I go off. So example, if your calorie goal for the day is 2000 calories, and you want to eat 25% protein-ish a day, you are talking 500 of those calories need to come from protein. And we know that protein has four calories per gram, yes. So if you divide 500 by four, you get 125. So if your calorie goal is about 2000 calories, your protein goal should be at least 125 grams of protein a day. Sorry if that did not make any sense. If you want to message me about that, hit me up. I will help you. Happy to help with any of these numbers if you're struggling. If in doubt, 
go for 125 to 150. It's not the end of the world if it goes over. I'm more concerned if it goes under because you could get low energy, you'll get you'll have poor resistance to infection. Potential depression is linked to it, but I think that's linked to most things these days. And any recovery as well, whether that's from illness or just general recovery from the gym, from your workouts, that will be longer if you're not eating enough protein. And obviously your muscles won't build as quick. It won't be fully optimized. The protein muscle, muscle synthesis won't be in full motion building the muscle. So it takes really, really, it takes such a long time anyway, guys. So you just want to optimize that where you can because it will take ages. And then that, that's also why I say to a lot of women who are scared of being, like getting bulky, like you won't get bulky. Like it does not just jump on overnight. Trust me. And you see other people online that have been doing it for 10 years, if not more. And it's, it is mental, but it takes a long time. And the longer you do it, the slower it becomes. So obviously you get a little bit of newbie gains when you're like, oh yeah, I can lift this. And then it, you suddenly all your muscles are getting activated. So they're like all start switching on and then it's great. And you can lift quite a lot you can you can progress it quite quickly in the first few months, but it will start to slow down. And that's fine. And that is absolutely fine. So just to quickly cover some great sources of protein, we've been through a couple. So chicken and all of the general poultries, steak, meats, fish, seafood. You can add whey protein as part of that as well. Cheese. I always choose um, low-fat salad cheese, which is like a, just a little low-fat feta. Um milk, yogurts. Uh, I choose skier yogurt, super high protein for like one of those whole pots. Yes, it seems a bit excessive to eat a whole one. But there's something like 48 grams of protein in a whole thing. It's like crazy. Cheese, milk, eggs, yog, eggs. Oh, I've just said eggs. Beans, all your beans, even baked beans, baked beans, black beans, kidney beans. I don't think butter beans are as high, but maybe, maybe slightly different. Uh, chickpeas, uh, lentils, garden peas, nuts, seeds. However, with nuts and seeds, be careful of the higher fat quantities. I think a lot of people think, oh yeah, peanuts are really high in protein. But when you think about it, there's, there, no, it's, it, they're more of a source of fat, which is good and that's fine. But don't mistake it for a high source of protein and think you are getting loads and loads and loads of protein but you yeah you're just piling the calories on because they are tiny and very densely fat i think a good thing to go off is if you're hitting about 20 grams of protein and you you're less than two three hundred calories that's a good source of protein whereas i think nuts like that you would probably have 10 grams of protein from them and you'd be way into three four hundred calories so aim for that 20 grams, 20 to 40 grams of protein per meal or snack, and you'll be absolutely fine. Non-negotiable number four. Remember, these are just the basic ones. So these are the this is the final basic one that I'm talking about, and then I'm going to talk about the five which I've actually realized are just as important. So number four is your NEAT. So this is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Which, so this is like the general movement of 
life. Like what do you get up to throughout the day that's not your planned exercise? So say your workout in the morning is an hour. Any other movement throughout the day you do apart from that workout for an hour is classed as your neat. And these can be things like walking to the shop, taking the stairs, even fidgeting, me doing this with my arms as I speak, cleaning the house, standing up, like I'm, I've got a standing desk at work, um, hoovering, singing, dancing around the house, dancing in the club, like these are all forms of neat that we need to optimise if fat loss is our goal because the move, the rest of the movement that you do throughout the day is the most important, I think, in terms of obviously after a calorie deficit, but this contributes to the calorie deficit so much more than your workout will. You've got to remember that strength training, we are not doing that to burn calories. We are doing that to build muscle and change our body composition, posture, all that sort of stuff, link all those other benefits apart from burning calories. The NEAT is where we can focus and build a bigger calorie deficit through movement. But I don't want you to think, oh my gosh, I've eat, I went to a buffet and I've just destroyed about probably about 4,000 calories. I need to walk for the next three days consecutively to burn that off. Don't do that. Don't see it as a form of punishment because you've overeaten. It's like, oh, I've got to go walk for two hours now. No, don't see it like that, but use it. So walk to work instead of getting the tube. Or if it's way too long and you get the train, maybe just get off the stop before and walk the rest. Or cycle to work. It's making these little small decisions, like taking the stairs instead of the lift. Keep on moving up the elevators or escalators. Don't just stop. Like what, Your legs have worked for the first 95% of your journey. Why would you stop? walking when you get to an escalator. Why? Why do people do that? Why? So this can actually help contribute to a good like 20-30% of our calories throughout the day, whereas our workout might only contribute like 5-10%. So you need to really utilise the NEAT and it, it, cause, because the workout is so negligible in terms of calorie burn compared to what you can potentially create from moving throughout the day. Getting that extra extra walk in at lunchtime or maybe if you're working from home and you're really really struggling to get your steps in, commute to work. Like that is one of my top tips that works so so well with my clients is walk to work as in get ready for work as if you were going to the office, leave your house walk for 20-30 minutes, listen to this podcast on 1.2, get back and then start work. You have commuted to work, you're in the right mindset, you've got your fresh air outside, you have got some movement in, you've got some steps in at the start of the day, you're feeling mint, ready to be productive and then at the end of the day, instead of just moving to a different part of the sofa, get up, get back outside, commute home from work, listen to the other half of this podcast and then get home and you can switch off as if you have left work. You leave work in the middle part of the day. And honestly, that is such a game changer if you are working at home still. Um, I would try and aim for 12,000 steps a day. A lot of people aim for 10, but let's just break the social norm there. Just stretch yourself that little bit further. We're better than them.
aim for 12. If not 15, go for it. Go for it. And if you're someone who's a little bit more mentally unstable, maybe like myself, hit the 20k, 20k a day. And if you need a bit of a challenge to hit, 10k before 10am, that is the 10k before 10 challenge, 10 before 10, go for it. I, if you, if you ever do that, by the way, tag me, please, on Instagram. I love to see it when people have achieved that challenge. Like, it is mint. 10k before 10. It's a good one. It's a good one. It's easy if you're a runner. I'll give you that. So maybe we need to change it for the runners of the world out there because you can easily fly through a 10k before 10am. Whereas the rest of us all walking it, it's, it's close. It's a close one. But yeah, I just want to go through a few of the benefits of walking generally as well. So reducing our joint stress, strengthening our heart, you will turn your leg muscles, you'll boost your mood, lower your blood sugars, like especially post-meal walking is really, really good for that. Good for lowering stress and spending quality time with loved ones. Obviously, if you're listening to my podcast, you wouldn't be doing that. But if you want to crack on, listen to the podcast, be my guest. But I also use walks for meetings and I use them for ringing friends and family. Or maybe you meet up a friend, meet up with a friend to go for a walk and you get a coffee en route. That's great. If you want to, I don't live in the same city as my family, so it's really nice to ring them and ring and walk as, as we're both out walking or I do that with running with my mum sometimes which is really really nice. Okay so now I'm going to actually go through this is these these last five might be a little bit quicker. Um, these are actual non-negotiable like obviously those first four are so so important and that is like more like scientifically that is how you're going to do it. These next five are more like psychologically how are you going to do it and I think it's almost just as important if you don't nail these mm, sometimes, but you, yeah, they come hand in hand. So the first one is consistency. So super duper important to be consistent. And I think one, I can do a full episode on this because I could ramble on about consistency for time. So, but I'm going to give you one little snippet now for consistency never especially in terms of workouts never miss a workout twice in a row so if your goal is to hit five workouts a week and you miss one midweek and you think oh gosh that's that that next day might be really hard to go back to the gym or do a home workout or something like that 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 following workout might be really hard because you're a little bit out of the flow because you've had a day off that's the most important one to get done because the minute you start to have a few days off, it gets harder and harder to stay on top of it. So top tip, just do it, ev well, not every day, but keep moving every day as well. So physically tick things off and oh, just be consistent. Number two, imperfect action. And this doesn't link 100% into consistency, but they do. They do. They might seem to contradict themselves, but I promise it doesn't. So you've got consistency and you've got imperfect action. I think what a lot of people do is start something, as we said, trip themselves up maybe a week or two in and then just give up because they can't do it perfectly. 
And that is very, very normal. Us humans, we love all or nothing. We are very all or nothing. Don't think that you are the only one who can't do it because, oh, I can't. I'm just so all or nothing. I'm either fully in or I'm just, I just can't do it. Trust me, there's so many of us that are like that. I myself am one of them and it's so, so difficult to just do things imperfectly, but just make sure you are getting them done. Not, not necessarily to the best of your ability, but just give it your best shot every day. And if it's not perfect, it's absolutely fine. But just making sure you stick with it, like follow the process, trust the process, and it will be so much easier when you get there. I think a really good analogy for this is if you are walking up a hill or it doesn't even have to be up a hill, it's just walking somewhere, you're trying to get from A to B. And if every time you took three steps forward, let's say five, so in terms of the weeks, here we go, this is really good, five steps forward and then you take two steps back or maybe it's three, maybe we'll go four and three, that would be even worse. So Monday to Thursday, you are absolutely smashing your goals, you've hit all your workouts, you've hit your calories, you've hit all your steps, you're like, yeah, 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 it gets to Friday, bang, eating out, alcohol, sitting around, lots to do, films, life gets in the way, I understand that, but if you think you can, instead of taking two or three steps backwards, if you can just stop, It'll be so much quicker for you to get from A to B if you just stop instead of walking backwards. And what I mean by that is if you're not hitting your calorie deficit on those two or three days at the weekend, at least hit maintenance because that way you will still be in a calorie deficit throughout the whole day because you've taken steps five steps forward but then maybe you've only you've just stopped instead of taking three steps back. It's so much easier if you just pause and just soak it all in, accept that for a few days you're just going to be cruising on those maintenance calories. You get to eat a little bit more, you get you've got a few extra calories to work with for alcohol, and it's just making those bad days not as bad instead of trying to perfect these first four or five days, which are pretty much perfect already, you can't perfect those. So just working with that imperfect action and understanding that, yes, the weekend is going to be really difficult, but if I can hit maintenance at least, maybe I go over a few hundred even more, just try not to hit the thousands over. That's where people just go like, yeah, fuck it, like, don't matter, just go wild. Just, again, link into the consistency be consistent towards your goals, but understand that imperfect action is the way to do it and not just give up on your goals if you can't do it perfectly, because nothing is perfect. Absolutely nothing. We don't coach perfectly. We don't eat perfectly all the time. Like I say we as the general consensus of coaches out there, like <laughs> trust me, imperfect action will get you there. This is non-negotiable number whatever now i'm a bit lost we had four at the start these are the extra ones so the extra third one is goals i think it's really beneficial to actually work towards something 
not everyone is like this and it depends on your goals altogether, like your general goals. Maybe you just want to be healthier. Maybe you just want to have more energy to play with your kids. Maybe you just want to be able to walk up six flights of stairs without feeling knackered. Simple things like that. Maybe you want to run your first 5K. Just having goals or understanding what your goals are and what you want from the exercise, what you want from the coaching, understanding that is going to help so much more actually achieving them. Um, I'm very much, I need a bit of a project to work towards. As you have probably, if you've been following me for a while, you will understand that I do pick up projects and <laughs> absolutely hammer them. And then the end date comes and I'm like, I've, I've already lined up my next project. So for example, when I was training for the marathon, that was very much like uh, December through to April. But in January, I'd already had someone ask me if I wanted to do the turf games. So I already had that in the back of my head. So the minute April, or it was in May, May, like April, May, the minute that was over, I was straight into the turf games mindset. And if you don't know what that is, I will cover it on a different episode because I could go in on some of the information for that. But just a little insight. It's like a big CrossFit competition and it is carnage. And that is coming to an end literally next week. So I'm already lining up my next projects like this. Um, I'm giving a bit more 100% towards my business now. And my next project, if you've seen already, you might have already seen, is Tag Rugby. How random is that? And I've also had someone ask me if I want to do 100k with them. So there's definitely a few things in the mix. I know I want to do a triathlon one day. So it's just working out which order I want to do it all. But I find having something to focus on, just knowing where it's going. So me and the team are doing Tough Mudder at the end of the month and just working towards that. I know I say together, we're not actually together. We're all in a group together, but we're not physically together. But working towards that together, actually having a goal in mind, like, right, we are working out because we need to get stronger. We need to get fitter for this mental challenge like it is so good like, I love Tough Mud. I've done it before but not with a big group of us like this so this is super super exciting I, I definitely want I'm just spouting out ideas here because these are all things that I want to be able to do in the future as well but I definitely want to pick up handstands I think that would be really cool to be able to hold a handstand properly or like walk in handstands but that's a bit more crossfit isn't it that's where that all comes in so maybe I will end up doing that one day okay Non-negotiable extra number four is values. Um, I want you to do a bit of homework and understand your own values. Like, what do you actually value in life? What do you want? What, what are your top, I'd say top three values. And if, if health isn't one of your top three or even top five and you've been trying to lose weight your whole life, because usually that is the case, that's why. Because your value and your goals don't align. Like, a lot of people's values are time and family and money. And often, more often than not, health doesn't quite make the top three. And then people wonder why they struggle to lose weight or struggle to be healthy or struggle to motivate themselves to work out. And it's actually because you are, you, your values don't align. That's not something 
that you prioritize. And that's absolutely fine. That These are your values and it's just understanding what you do prioritize. So I think writing it down will definitely help so you understand personally what you're working with. And if if health isn't in the top, why isn't it in the top? I'm not, I'm not saying it needs to be, just why not? And then you need to work out, right, how can I still prioritize it, but still prioritize all these other things as well? So a few of my clients have kids and they're like, I can't, I don't have time to do birth. And I'm like, get them involved. They would love the workout. Just make it a little body weight workout for them. So when you're squatting, doing your big goblet squats or squat press, just get them to squat next to you. Get them involved. The sooner you can get them into the habit of working out and thinking that's a norm, the better. Oh my gosh, it would be amazing. In terms of lifting weights for kids, I wouldn't recommend that, but just get them to stick to body weight. It's not my expertise though. I do think just any form of body weight movement for kids is super beneficial. I don't think kids these days are moving their body enough with iPads and stuff. And I think a lot of people would agree with that, but I, it is the easier option to just put an iPad in front of them. I understand that and that is normal, but, and that is, and that is the social norm now and that totally understand that. But if you are struggling for time for your workout and you've got kids there, they would love it. Just get them involved or try it at least. Try it a couple of times. And the big final one, my final non-negotiable, and this is a non-negotiable, is accountability. However you want to do this is up to you, but I would recommend one of three things. Either you do it yourself because you are a highly, highly motivated person with a lot of willpower out of nowhere by all means do it, but I would recommend getting some sort of chart or I know there's apps out there as well. Something where you can physically tick it off so you can actually hold yourself accountable. You are, the chart is holding you accountable, like physically ticking something off, whether it's on an app or on a piece of paper. That's option one. Option two, you get a buddy. You keep each other accountable. Like, Going for runs, have a running buddy is so beneficial because you're less likely to let someone else down, but you're more likely to just let yourself just like, oh, oh, what bother today? But if you know, if you've already organized that you're going to do it with someone and you've made it a non-negotiable for both of you, you are less likely to say no. So get a buddy. That's option number two. Option number three is you get a coach or at least a coach for the first six to eight weeks, I would definitely recommend that because you could ask as many questions as you physically can while you've got a coach, get it all down, understand it all, understand yourself, how your motivations work because we all work very differently, understanding your schedule, what works for you and they will keep you accountable and the fact you are paying will keep you accountable as well. So you've got like two or three different different accountabilities within that coaching one because you've got so many different other things linked to it and they will they will keep you accountable well at least i like if i've got a one-to-one -one client i am messaging you multiple times a week like it's not just the one weekly check-in like oh how are you doing how was this week no i will randomly sporadically message you and been like hey you done your steps today yet and i'll give you like mini challenges like hey right tomorrow 
Let's see who can get to 10k steps first. Amazing what a little challenge does. And it really does. <laughs> it really does work. So I love that. So if you do, if you are interested in one-to-one -one coaching with me, I do only have very, very, I only have one or two clients on the go at once. So I will let you know if I have a space, if you message me and if we are a good match, I will let you know when I have availability because I do, I, I've, well, yeah, I've, as, as many of you will probably know, I have a full-time job. I am a site engineer by day. So that, that sort of explains the whole exercise engineer shabam. But yeah, if you want that accountability or actually I'm going to give you option number four, you join a Facebook group or something, which is probably similar to the buddy one, but not as much, or maybe it is more because one of the, like if you join a Facebook group and you are posting into it, similar to my train with Loom membership, that will keep you accountable because other people post in and be like, yeah, smash the workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll be like, oh yeah, I want to do the workout. And um, like it, it, that will keep, that will probably give you a bit more motivation as well, especially if you feel like, oh, I've not posted today. Maybe I'll, I'll get my workout in and then I can post stuff like that. So super, super beneficial. So either you do it yourself, you get a chart or an app, you get a buddy, you keep each other accountable, you get a coach and pay for it. You, you literally are paying for accountability because it is that important. And obviously you get all the knowledge and stuff as well. And, or you join a Facebook group or a membership or something along those lines where there's a big group of you and you all keep each other accountable. Those are the options. So just to quickly reiterate, your four main non-negotiables are your calorie deficit, strength training, protein intake, and NEAT, which is your movement, remember. Then you've got the extra five, which I think are just as important, which is your consistency, your imperfect action, your goals. Make sure you are writing these down. And these can change over time, guys. You don't have to stick to the goal that you chose like a year ago. Mix them up. Values. Do they align with your goals and accountability? So there's, there we go. Yeah, hope you enjoyed that, guys. If you think anyone else would enjoy this, forward it on. If, or share it with them. Just, uh, mm, exercise engineer. I think she knows what she's talking about. Who knows? Time will soon tell. But <laughs> if you enjoyed it, guys, make sure you like, subscribe, whatever. Whatever you need to do on the app, whatever you need to do. If you are interested in coaching or membership or you just have any other questions like that, you can find me on Instagram at The Exercise Engineer. I will be happy to help. <laughs>